What's up, world? This is Awo right? What's going on, good people? This is Awo Osheun. Welcome back to the Who Made Y'all Priest podcast, where we talk about our spiritual journeys, our everyday life experiences, and the issues of the time from the perspective of two people who just happen to be priests. Fafore, what's going on, man? Man, nothing much, man. What's going on with you? Man, so I got a, I got a question for you. I got a question for you. <laughs> All right. I saw a story of a trans man a trans woman, I'm sorry, a trans woman. <laughs> man, you don't want us to get no sponsorship money, man. Hey, man, this the issues of the time, man. We got to talk about the issues of the time, man. This was this was something that just that just uh, that just happened. This just occurred, man. This is the this is the time in which it occurred, so we must talk about those things. <laughs> I say, I say. So a trans woman, which. For those of you that don't know, because myself and Fafore, we were unfamiliar with the terms, means that this is a biological man who identifies as a woman, was physically assaulted. I mean, pretty, pretty viciously, too, after going into a women's restroom behind what was said to be young girls. How do you how do you feel about that? Who assaulted? Uh, him or her, I don't really know. The 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 story led me to believe that it was fathers of the little girls that were inside of the restroom. So this is how I look at it, right? The times that we live in, you do have like people who are predators, right? We got people who are always going after little kids. So I can understand it. Like I, I can understand father saying, this is somebody who's trying to manipulate the situation, use the situation, and they're trying to go after our kids. So I understand it. I feel like as long as we have those people out there who are preying on kids, man, if you uh, what's a transgender man or woman? What was it's it? Trans, it's a trans woman, a biological a, a, man. Okay, a tra- if you a trans woman because of the time we live in, and like you for real, legitimately, like that's really what you are. Uh, man, you are gonna have to have some hands. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? When it comes to this bathroom situation. Like, who would have thought, man, having to go, you know what I'm saying, take a dump was going to be one of the situations where you're going to have to, you know, square up. But that's just the times we live in, man. The, the, man, times is, times is just different. Uh, and, you know, I feel bad if the person was legitimately living in their truth and had no ill intentions. Um, but then again, you know, that's the contract they signed, right? Man, 
<clears throat> See, this is this is a difficult one for me. Uh, because I don't I don't feel bad. I, I I really don't. I don't feel bad at all. I the way I look at it, regardless of how a person identifies, what I see is a man going into the women's restroom behind little girls. I wouldn't have let him went in there behind mine. You're gonna have to go into the men's restroom. If you finna go in there and pull out a penis, you gotta go into the men's restroom or you gotta wait until my daughter or any other little girl that I saw go in there, you're gonna have to wait for them to come out. Or, or they're gonna have to uh they're gonna have to catch the fade. <laughs> it's, it's gonna be problems. It's gonna be right. problems, man. And I understand, you know, if they wanna make things uh equitable or inclusive, then we need a whole nother bathroom. We need a whole nother bathroom. Like this is the come as you are bathroom. This is the however you identify. <laughs> this is the this is the however you identify bathroom. But we're gonna leave the women's restroom alone. We're gonna only let women or what they call in cisgendered women uh go into those restrooms. So yeah. this is this is my real question though. Do all transgenders is is that part of the thing where you keep your your other body parts or so like this is something that i was trying to have a conversation with you about when we were talking about the difference between sex and gender until recently we call them transsexuals and when we said transsexual i was under the impression that this was a person that had underwent surgery uh to change into the secondary sexual characteristics that they identified as. Now we say transgender, and this is a person that identifies as the opposite sex, usually only by feeling, and they maintain their secondary sexual characteristics. They maintain those organs. I just, you're not gonna go behind my daughter or anybody else's daughter young girls as a man into the women's restroom not while i'm there you don't have to wait till they come out so so this is me being the earth sign <laughs> if i still got male body parts if i still got a penis i'm gonna go to the urinal but not so if you I'm identify a, as a woman no i still got a penis though i'm still gonna you can like, sit down you can but peep this though like, real talk, as a man sitting down to go pee, like, that ain't what we do. Like, like you got to do some extra stuff to, to, to empty the tank. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't know. It's been some times where, like, you know, well, that might be TMI. But anyway, you just need to stand up to really make sure you all the way good area is right. empty right so it's just practical to do that so i mean i i guess i can't put myself in the mindset of somebody who's transgender to say that if i was transgender i would do that because i don't know i might have a different mindset but but yeah if i'm a transgender woman man i'm gonna ride the fence on wherever i have the advantages 
<laughs> right. <laughs> to be perfectly honest, like I'm the hoop scholarship. I'm going with the women. You know what I'm saying? So I can, you know what I'm saying, try to dominate physically. I'm going to the man's bathroom. You know what I'm saying? Because that just, it just makes more sense. And why are you going to sit out on the toilet and you ain't got to? To, to right. go pee? You know what I'm saying? Like, that that's trifling. So, um, I mean, women, I, I know women who, you know, they've been women their whole life and they know how to position themselves where they ain't got to sit on the toilet and all that. Right. And, I ain't trying to do all of that. Yeah, that's it's just, a lot, Yeah, so I would do it that way. Man, it's... um, But I wonder, though, here's another thing, too. Are they covered under the... uh, Like, hate... They covered under hate crime and stuff like that, so you, you can get some time for, 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 for doing that. So <clears throat> this is how I think now. This is how I think, even as a convicted felon myself, there are some things that I'm willing to go to jail behind that I already got it on my mind that I'm I'm willing and ready to go to jail behind this, this, and that, this, this, and that. I already got it in my mind so that if something happened and I need to put myself in a position where I might go to jail, I ain't even thinking about it. I'm already, I'm ready to go about whatever this situation is. So behind that, especially if it's my daughter, I'm right. Yeah. I'm ready to go to jail. I'm ready to go to jail behind that. Or suffer whatever consequences come behind that. Uh, I'm ready to suffer those consequences. Man, I ain't trying to be in jail for the length of a Drake song. I ain't never been to jail for I'm Gucci. I feel you. I feel it's you. Gonna be I, don't wanna go to, I don't want to go to jail. I hope that uh, it seems like stuff like that never happens around where i'm at you know like i don't see i see it on the news a lot i see it in the media a lot right. but i don't see a lot of trans people around me and i'm all over up at least north of houston i'm all over up here and i don't run into mm -hmm. many uh trans people so mm -hmm. i don't i don't feel like i'll ever have those those type of problems but let me ask you another question though well hold on before <laughs> you go there though we had a trans man at my last job. Trans man meaning biological woman that identifies as Oh, man. I mean, I'm tripping. Trans woman. Yeah, a it was biological a biological man. man. Yeah, and he would go to the women's bathroom. He had like a long ponytail. Like he had long hair. Uh, I think he had breasts. Um, now he, he would he go was, to the women's restroom. Yeah, he would go to the women's restroom. And um, like women wouldn't go. If they knew he was in there, or whatever the women was like, we we ain't going for it. They wouldn't go in the bathroom, yeah, and for a minute, women was really like, like mad about it. Mm -hmm. They should be. I think they should be. If you listen to the women swimmers talk about, I forgot dude's name uh, that swam with the women and broke broke all of those records, and how <laughs> right. they talked about how they talked about him uh changing in the locker room and how uncomfortable they were around him man i know i know that's a that's an uncomfortable feeling for a woman i know it is and i think now in that case at your job where everybody is adults right. everybody you know are of consensual age and 
man. I just think people should know should know better than that, man. I mm. think I think we're starting to cross lines that I knew we were going to cross once we started getting, you know, you got you got people now that you have men that identify not only as women, but they identify as eight-year-old girls. There's that those type of things, man. Like I can't, I just I'm just not gonna accept that around me. And well, at least not around my little girl. Right. I'm gonna start identifying as tax exempt. <laughs> I told you I was gonna start identifying <laughs> as not guilty. Not guilty. I right. Need, I need right. Yeah, I need all I need all my rights back. I need everything back. I need everything expunged. Right. It need to be that need to be on the books. I'm about to really see if I can get a lawyer who can, you know, press that issue for me. Like so, so let, let me ask you another question then, because this is something else that has uh, been an issue surrounding the uh, LGBTQIA plus community. There are trans women who claim that if a man dates them, that he's not gay. How do you how do you see that? That's 100 percent unequivocally not true. Exactly. <laughs> if you if you think about being with the same sex and you just don't do it, you gay. <laughs> no. Nah, if man. you fantasize about yeah, if you fantasize about it, like if a if a dude walk like if you was chilling at the mall, you Oshayun Fayin, and a man walked by, you was like, ooh, what I do to him. You gay, even if you never do it. <laughs> yeah, it is. And I ain't saying nothing wrong with that, just own it. You know what I'm saying? Whatever it is that you own, just own it. Right, 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 yeah. right, right, right. I just yeah. think I just think we're taking it too far with uh people identifying the way that they want to identify and then forcing other people to identify them as that. If I says we gonna call the thing the thing, that's what that's what I will Fabulasi. <laughs> Shout out to I will Fabulasi when he opening up his mat. We gonna today we gonna call the thing the thing. I will not see red and call it black. I will not see black and call it red. But is a thing a thing because somebody else identified it as such, or is because it identified itself as such? It, the thing is the thing because it's differentiated from something else. That's what make the thing the thing. We hey, call I, a man. We call a man a man because a man is differentiated from a woman. But what I just said was kind of profound on the cool. <laughs> <laughs> They're gonna be talking about that in psychology class. I mean, in uh, philosophy classes at uh, at Harvard and Yale. So, right, right. <laughs> you know what we should do this season? We should have somebody from the LGBT community come in. And we have a discussion about it. We definitely need to do that. And you definitely need to say all of the letters because you are excluding people when you just say LGBT. Yeah. I'm black. We we abbreviate everything. <laughs> you know. so that's your excuse. Yeah, like that that's for real. Like we abbreviate everything to make it short. Right. Like it it it's went past T. It's L G B T Q I A plus. That's a lot, man. Yeah. You know, and what I'm saying? remember, we were told that the one term that you could use to encompass all of that is queer. Yeah, so I'm just gonna say that. See, I always thought that was a bad word. I always thought that was a derogatory term. 
I yeah, me me too. But we're gonna have somebody on this season who's gonna educate us on what's going on. So, you know what I'm saying? So we can be fair and balanced and be informed about what's going on in the world because at the end of the day, whether people like it or not or whatever they think about it, it is it's a it's a human experience at this point. You know what I'm saying? And, and it's here to stay. So, mm. you know, might as well get informed. Right. So, family, this season on the Who Made Y'all Priest podcast, we are introducing a new segment. So, O'Shea, you and myself sat down and had a conversation. We said, you know what? We should do some teaching. You know, introduce the people to our world of Ifa, mm. but in a cool way that would appeal to people and keep people's interest. So we decided to have a segment where we tell stories so you can understand some of the, the myths and the lessons that come from the wisdom of nature or Ifa. Mm. So, we are going to introduce to you Ifa Kimi and Ori Story. Coming in on a Wednesday change to put something on your brain. What's up, y'all? It's Ifa Kimi with Garden Botanica, and I am here with Who Made Tall Priest. And we have an Ori Story for you today. So are y'all ready? Are y'all ready? Are y'all ready for this Ori story? Are y'all ready for this Ori story? Are y'all ready for this Ori story? Get ready for this Ori story. So today's Ori story is Oshun's Elbow. So let's get right into it. Oshun is the owner of all things making life worth living. Love abundance, beauty, and eroticism. So limitless are her blessings that she shares generously with those who honor her. So vast is her wealth that she gives freely to all of her children. However, things were not always like this. There was a time where Oshun wandered the earth in poverty and despair. Her sorrows were so deep that instead of creating wealth with her touch, she destroyed it. And instead of molding beautiful things with her hands, all that she caressed withered and died. Helpless and hopeless, Oshun went to the divineness to learn what she had to do to leave the misfortunes in her life behind. A divina told her, you must make sacrifice, but it will be no simple thing. Not only will it take all of your remaining wealth, but it will also require all of your spiritual faith. I will do anything to increase my status in life, Oshun said. In spite of what I do not have, all I have is my faith. So what is required of me? The divine replied, take 
every bit of money you have. Go to the market, buy all the palm oil and honey you can find. And if you have even a single penny left in your pocket, you do not have any faith. And this elbow requires faith. He waited for Oshun to speak. And after I do that, what do I do? Oshun replied to him. Before the sunset, pour all of your oil and honey into the river, and Olodumare will bring all that you desire and more. Oshun despaired, for she had so little left, and she was loathing parting ways with this. But she had faith in Olodumare and the diviner skills and words. So she took all of her money to the market, bought up all the red palm oil and all the honey she could find and knowing who she was and knowing that she had fallen on hard times the merchants gave her extra just because she was ocean i may be penniless but my look is already improving she thought to herself sunset came and oshun sat at the river's edge Surrounded by her jars of palm oil and honey, she lifted the first jar of honey and took just a taste. She said, my life has come to this. <sighs> my last taste of sweetness. And then I have no more. I have nothing. I am lost. She said as she cried. She poured the honey into the river. She cried as she poured the red palm oil into the river. And as the sweet, greasy swirls settled into the river sand, she cried some more. And her tears hung on the grass like morning dew. Then she cried herself to sleep on the riverbank because she had nowhere else to go. While she slept, Eshu came walking by. And Eshu saw her laying by the riverbank. He said, oh, poor little girl. And he walked to the edge of the river and he put his finger in the river, swirling his finger through the sand. He picked his finger back up and licked it. He takes the palm and the honey and he looked at Oshun. Good little girl. He smiled. And he took the taste of the offering to Olodumare. Look what your daughter has done. She made offerings with everything she had. And now she sleeps at the river brink, crying herself to sleep. She has faith in you, Olodumari. Olodumari closed his eyes and with his inner vision looked down on earth. 
he saw what Ishu was saying was true. Oshun had nothing left but her fame, and now she slept with despair. She was the last of your creations, Ola Dumari, and the health of the world depends on her happiness. It cannot go on if she continues to be so sad. I know, Ishu. You think you have to tell me about what I created? She will be rewarded for her faith, Ola Dumari said back. But how will she be rewarded, Ishu said? You will see, Ola Dumari replied. Sunrise came, and with the new day, Oshun awoke. She turned on her back and stretched delicately. She ran her fingers through the soft grass on which she slept and felt something hard and cold against her hands. She sat up quickly and stiffly. Oshun blinked, and she did not believe her eyes. Sometime during the night, her tears turned into tiny jewels, brilliant diamonds that sparkled in the early morning light. <laughs> she cupped her hands, palm holding a handful close to her face. She gasped. <laughs> I am blessed. She put the handful of jewels in her pocket and she slowly realized as she was walking towards the riverbank that the river was stone with brilliant jewels. This is unbelievable. These were my tears. Wanting to wash the sleep from her eyes, Oshun just got up and walked straight to the riverbank and stopped when she saw the bottom of the river was no longer water. It was all brass and gold. And while she contemplated on this mystery, <laughs> And she came walking right by. You look surprised, Oshun. He said, smiling. Do you not see the river? Do you not see the river bank? Oshun said. And she looked. He rubs his chin as if he was lost in thought. Looks like Jewels, brass, and gold to me, Oshun. I made offerings last night into the river. I poured red palm oil and honey. And you cried, and put it. How did you know? Oshun said as she put her hands on her hips. I know because I took your offerings to heaven. Ishu said proudly, puffing up his chest. Ola Dumare turned the red palm oil into brass, the honey into gold, and your tears into jewels. And because the river is yours, 
everything here is yours as well. And that is how Oshun became the richest Orisha on earth. She made offerings with everything that she had, and Olodumare himself rewarded her for her faith. And that is the end of today's Ori story. Asheo! Yo, that was a good story. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. We need to we need to hear more of those stories, and we will do that this season. Absolutely, absolutely. So, hey, you ready to just jump in and bring in our guest for today? Man, let's do this, man. Let's get it started. All right. So today we got not one, but we got two guests. Mm. And these guests grew up in E5. We talked. I think it was last season, maybe the season before that, about how most of the people that we knew were actually first generation Ifa practitioners, but we actually have some people who grew up in Ifa and they're going to talk to us about their experiences. Alafia. 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 How you doing? Oh, it's good to see you. <laughs> good to see you too. Sorry, we didn't know we were ready. Then y'all had us target and have to readjust. <laughs> But you know that's so much better because we actually fit into the camera now. Right? Yes. Yeah. 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 So yeah. we're glad y'all. We glad y'all got it together. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right. So how y'all doing? How y'all feeling? Good. Good. We're excited. Um, thank you guys for having us and you know making us a part of y'all's podcast. Yeah, I remember um, talking to you, Awafore, uh, Fafore. Um, about coming on when we were on the at the compound a couple weeks ago, so I'm happy that you know we really making it happen. Absolutely, absolutely. Like who better to have to have, especially to talk about this topic that we got today? I'm excited. I'm trying to get used to myself in this camera because it's like we're on, when we look at ourselves, we're on opposite sides. We are. Right. Yeah. 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 It takes some getting used to because every time I look at myself, I feel like I'm looking away from the camera. Yeah. Right. I just don't even focus on me. I focus on y'all and I focus on Fafori. I don't even watch me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So we want y'all to introduce yourself to the people. Uh, of course, one at a time, introduce yourself. Tell us about your current spiritual practice. Okay, you wanna go first? All righty, well, my name is Akila. I, um, well, Ifafori as well. Hey. Uh, <laughs> And I practice Ifa. Um, I like to think of it as just kind of like the study of nature, using nature to really guide me uh, throughout my life journey, and um, just really focusing on moving in good character and also continuing to learn what good character looks like as mm. I move along in life. Yeah, for sure. I say. Tahira. Um, and uh, my Ifa name is Ifa Salaye. And um, pretty much what she said, as well as like always giving um, honor to our ancestors, that is a huge mm. part of what we practice in Ifa is ancestral reverence. And, um, you know, just remembering to honor them and knowing that they always walk with us and support us and guide us in our journey. And, um, you know, calling on them. Mm -hmm. <laughs> calling on them to support us in, you know, whatever it is that we need in our journey. And, you know, just as we 
move in alignment with our in our with our destiny. So yeah, that's that's in a nutshell. I say, I say, I say. So we usually start by asking people about their spiritual journeys. We know a lot about your spiritual journey. You don't have uh, much uh, in background as far as things like Christianity and all of that type of stuff. So, but anyway, tell us about your spiritual journey and how you came to Nephi. Oh <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's quite, quite the story. <laughs> I mean, of course for us, like to talk about our spiritual journey, it really goes back with our parents. <laughs> yeah. And um, when they started like kind of navigating their spiritual journey, I would say that like growing up, we always saw our parents as like spiritually curious. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. From a very young age, like we grew up and there was one point where my parents, they had us at the mosque, you know? Yeah. We were going, right. then we went to the mosque. Yeah. Then we went back to yeah, literally, <laughs> literally, like they were going through their own self-discovery. And um, and then when we would go home to Dallas to mm -hmm. my dad's home, you know, mm -hmm. my, my great grandmother, she was um she was really like a beacon in like the church. Like she came with her Sunday best, she sat front row. She was not playing around, yes. and it was Church of God of Christ. So Oh, that was Koji. Yeah, so <laughs> my dad, he can like tell you anything about the bible he knows the verses on like it's the back of his hand so yes. he used to listen we we used to like do we have to wear a dress yes with the stockings with the stockings like, absolutely yes like was not playing around so um i think my parents initially got initiated around i want to say maybe 2008 and i want to say they started out um so it started with numerology mm -hmm. and our parents also going to see Baba Femi and uh, Shango Dare speak. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, we saw we saw them doing their things here and there, but the first time <laughs> that they had us sit on a mat is when we was like, what's going on? Well, I think, yeah, and I think even we saw them sitting on the mat with Shango and Shango Dare, and it was like, oh. <laughs> yes. But when we, when we like, I remember the first time I sat on the mat and I just see Sean go over here, <laughs> like, <laughs> and just speaking another language. I'm right. 20. <laughs> so you already know, I'm like, I'm looking at my sister trying not to laugh. And I'm like 14 and we're just like, okay, <laughs> what's going on? <laughs> because, you know, like, of course, like we said, we had been in the church, we had been in the mosque, um, but still you know there was similar with the religion you know there were still similar um attributes you know as far as going to the place of worship the word all of those things whereas like we had never seen anything about divination you know yeah. what i mean right. it was just a totally new experience for right. us so we didn't fully comprehend what was going on but we were just there yeah like we, we trusted our parents of course <laughs> you know <laughs> like at that of age, course Sit on this mat. This is what you're gonna do, like, you know. Basically, right. kind of how that experience was. But we both were looking at each other like, "What? What did they do?" Like, I don't know about this, but we, you know, we're going with the flow. Wow! Wow! Yeah, yeah. Um, so it, it it took us a little bit of time. Um, even before we first got our hand, we would, you know, they would just kind of we would tag along with them, like to go hear Bible Femi speak. 
um, you know, uh, Baba Shango, he was always around. So, you know, we were kind of like fly on the wall. It's almost like when you're a kid and like your parents, even when we were going to church and going to the mosque, we were just like, okay, like, you know. Um, but one thing I will say, I will say that when I was younger, sometimes it did leave me with a little bit of like, I don't want to, maybe confusion or just like, okay, mm. what, like, what is the right path? Yeah. You know, right, right. but as an adult, I'm so grateful that I kind of got to see that journey because it just, it, it taught me that there's like no one right way of like mm -hmm. your connection to source. Yeah. You know what I mean? It, it, it right. taught me that like your spirituality is very personal. Mm -hmm. Like your relationship with God is very personal. Like yeah. even what we were talking about earlier, Grand Green, she was church of God in Christ, but she's one of our ancestors that shows up for us. Yeah. Like she was heavy. very close with like God. She yes. had a very good connection with source. Yes. Mm -hmm. So it's like, even in her afterlife, like we receive messages from her and confirmations. Mm -hmm. And it's like, she wasn't even, she know nothing about Ifa. You know what I mean? Right, right. Um, so yeah. Yeah. And I will say too, since we were kind of throughout our journey of hop into Christianity and then hopping out of it. I always kind of had the question of like God and the judgment I felt from like the church of God. Like if you do this, you're going to get punished. If you do that, you're going to mm. get Whereas if I didn't really see it as like that type of like punishment, I don't know. It, it, it seemed to more come natural as opposed to just thinking like, if you do this wrong thing, like God's looking at, down at you and something's yeah. gonna happen. So. Going to hell. <laughs> right, 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 right. So let's touch on that a little bit though, talking about um, initially being, you know, in the church, Kojic, my best friend growing up, dad is a, uh, is a pastor, Kojic Pentecostal church. Wow. Yeah, no pants, all of that, right? From, uh, because as kids, right, you're not really thinking about, at least most of us, I would think, as children, the teaching more so than the, the how did you feel being in that environment, right? Mm -hmm. So talk to us a little bit about how you felt, you know, in the church, for instance, then, you know, coming to E5, how did it feel mm -hmm. as, a, as a kid? I kind of felt like an outsider in the church. Um, I don't really know how to explain it deeper than that, but it didn't. I didn't really feel that deep connect with mm. God. Whereas when I began to practice Ifa, I was able to develop like a deeper connection within myself and see myself which allowed me to also have a deeper connection with, with Source, you know? Right. So it was just a different feeling. That kind of describes my experience. What about you, T? Um, I would say for me, like, growing up, I always felt connected to God. Like, I always felt like if I don't know anything else, I can, I can pray. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? I can pray to God. Like, you know, that's how I always felt. Cause right if I was in the church, in the mosque, like that's something that I always felt. Um, but I mean, yeah, there was definitely times where I felt kind of like an outsider in the church. Also because we had bounced around to a few different churches, by we the way. Did. Like, <laughs> different styles. It was different styles. 
child. <laughs> right, 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 right. So I remember it was like, we. I think we were members of a Baptist church. Mm-hmm. Our great-grandmother, when we would go to Dallas, it was Kojic. And then I remember one time we went to like this hippie style it was church. Like free spirit, yeah. <laughs> but they had the acoustic guitar. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, I. but like I always knew I could go to God. But um, for me, it, it was that kind of feeling of like, okay, some of this is like, you know, it's like when you ask deeper questions, well, why is it this way? Or why, like, why can't I question this? Well, don't question God. You just have to have faith. This is how it is. And that's the part that kind of would confuse me. And then I would say, like, initially transitioning into Ifa, um, for me, there was even some resistance with that. Um, mm. Because, again, it's like, at this age growing up seeing my parents, you know, I'm, I'm observing and I'm like, you know, maybe a preteen, young mm-hmm. teenager. And then by the time we got our hand, you know, it wasn't really like, you know, even my parents, like, I think it probably came down like, okay, it's time for them to get the hand as well. But it wasn't really like presented as an option, I would say. Right. <laughs> Um, but we didn't which feel forced. Fine. We it, didn't it feel also, forced. It also wasn't forced, but yeah. it was just kind of like, hey, this is what you know we're gonna do. And you know, but again, like we trust our parents. It was never like a, a fear or anything like that. Um, but again, when you go when I when we went into it, for me, I would say just being at that age of adolescence, it was a little bit of resistance because you're already going through so much as a teenager and you kind of feel like you're already, you're just trying to navigate so much already, you know, right. and then you're questioning life, you're questioning things. And um, with the fa, it's like, the way this works is like, it, it brings so much self-awareness, mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> because like, you're doing these divinations, you're, you know, we were also getting um, like numerology and uh, astrology readings, all of these things, which was helpful. But I think at the time, sometimes it's like, okay, you're presented with this information, but like as a teenager, I still want to do what I want to do. Yeah. <laughs> right, right. Hell, as an adult, even, you're like, right, I still want right. to do what I want to do. Right. You know, you know, that was one of the things that I talked to your mom about. Uh, Ia Ogunbumi, shout out to Ia Ogunbumi. Um, and I think she just approached me one day and was just telling me because she know that I have a teenage son that has received his hand and things like that. And she was basically giving me some game like, yeah. don't force it. Don't force it on him. You know, you're just going to have to bring him around, let him see and find his way into Ifa or find himself inside of Ifa. Yeah. Uh, on his own so yeah so i haven't been forcing it uh on him and just let him ask his own questions and give him the answers that i can give him and you know hopefully at some point i think like you say as a teenager you just want to do what you want to do you got all of these different things going on you're questioning your own identity and place in you know whatever in school at home and all of these different things so so yeah i don't force it on mind you none of our peers were like you know, they didn't know anything about Ifa. And and now I would say people are a lot, it's a lot more acceptable to be spiritually curious or, mm-hmm. you know, but, you know, growing up, we're in the South, you know, people right. out my friends and their mother might just automatically ask, well, what church do you go to or what church? And I'm like, well, I don't, <laughs> or like, you know, it's like, it would be judgment. So it's like, you know, dealing when you're already a teenager trying to be mm-hmm. sure of yourself and then you don't really you can't talk about these things with your peers, you know, mm-hmm. it, it's a bit of, um, 
Yeah, like it took a little time to figure out, but I think that advice is great advice because eventually, and it, it really kind of took me graduating from high school, going to college, being on my yeah. own to have some experiences like, oh, really leaning back in, like, let me use my spiritual tools. Um, right. But I also learned a lot, learned a lot and still learned so much through watching my mother and, you know, watching my father, but especially like as a woman, like watching my mother mm -hmm. and how she moves. Right. Um, so, yeah, even with your child, it's like it may be resistance, but they're paying attention. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Right. And it, it, later on. <laughs> right. Right. But paying attention to you and, right. and move, how you pray, how you use your spiritual tools, all of that. So. So we know by by practice, and I'm not even saying by doctrine, but by practice, uh, religion usually the way it's practiced brings a lot of restrictions and things of that nature, right? So as your parents transition to E5, right, and you guys are teens or preteens, how did that change? the way they parented you guys? Like, did you see a difference between uh, uh, like the, the Christian version of your parents or the Muslim version of your parents and the E5 <laughs> version of your parents? That's funny. Um, I don't know that I saw a difference in a sense of them being harder on us. Yeah. Right. From Christianity to E5. I think really when when they began practicing, they were really focused on just growing spiritually mm -hmm. um, and just being a, a resource for us to support us in growing spiritually. Yeah, that's a good um, I will say, though, you know, it is different because, you know, we're getting these readings each year and now it's kind of like your parents are more so in your business. <laughs> yeah. Or yeah. It comes up and it's like, well, like... <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that happened to me quite a few times. Like, oh, like, what's this? You're kind of in my chart right now. Yeah. So. <laughs> so I think that's more so like getting comfortable with just telling them, maybe having to get more comfortable with being open with them and just about maybe what we're experiencing or what we're going through. So we can really utilize like our readings and get fully understand what's coming up from the readings, you know? Mm -hmm. Right. Stuff, sometimes they may not fully understand or be able to support us um, in certain ways. So. Right. I couldn't imagine being <laughs> 16, right? And be like, yo, mom, can I go to this party? She like, yeah, go ahead, cool. And then the day before her bus in the room, like, oh, so you trying to lose your virginity tonight? <laughs> <laughs> like, what? what? Whoa. Like, <laughs> literally, like, okay, listen. <laughs> Some of this stuff I need to just navigate myself. That's how I'm feeling like. <laughs> like, I don't want the answer. Like, I don't want, just let me move how I want to move. Am I going right to get in trouble? Like, you know. <laughs> right, right. So talk to us about that, though. Talk to us about that, you know, okay, maybe now you're at a space, you know, you your parents have been in it for a couple years now. You got some readings. You understand. You're like, okay, I know this is real. Yeah, mm -hmm. but I kind of want to have my own experience, right? Yeah. I'm at an A where I just want to try it. Let me do it. Like, talk to us about about that. And did you have your that conversation with your parents? Like, like, hey, y'all gonna have to cut out all these reads. Like, let me just <laughs> let me live. Well, I can definitely talk about that because 
I bumped, I mean, I still bump my head at times, you know, but I, mm-hmm. I at age, I definitely, you know, it's like, again, you're presented with a lot and it's such a blessing, like looking I'm so grateful. But at the time it was just like, yeah, I don't want to hear all of this. Like you telling me, I, I, yeah, no, it's like, for example, um, you know, you might like the party thing. You might want to go to a party and, you know, at that age, my social life was like my priority, you know, that's, you know, that's all, that was my priority. And so it's like, oh yeah, you know, now something comes up, your mother's just like, oh, I have a feeling or, oh, I'm, I, I read in the energy about this is not the best, you know, you shouldn't go to this party. But for me, it's like, I want to go turn up with my friends. Like, you know, right. I, don't, I don't have the same wisdom or the same uh, level of understanding. And then mm-hmm. it's like frustration because then you see it play out and maybe something dangerous happened at that party. Or maybe like, you know, your friends didn't even end up at the party. Like whatever mm-hmm. the case may be, you see that it's real. Mm-hmm. Like, it's not so much of questioning, is this real? Because you see it. Like, no, right. want to resist it or not. That's where it kind of comes into play as opposed to religion. Like, you know, you can question that all day. Yeah. But once you start getting these readings and, and certain things, it's like, you, it's at some point, you, you can't really question it. It's like, okay, they're telling me a lot of things that I can't deny right now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, right. Um, but yeah, there, there was resistance for me. And I think, like she said, sometimes it would just be like, Sometimes ignorance is bliss. <laughs> like I should. I don't want to ask this question because then it's also a level of responsibility that mm-hmm. whatever that answer is. And um, I think for me, I also had to learn um, because even that thing when you talk about judgment, mm-hmm. like you go from the church to kind of feeling like, oh, am I going to be judged by God? Am I going to go to hell if I whatever? And then you go into Ifa and maybe you, some of that you still might have because you get these readings and it's like, okay, you're any Ray or no, you're any B. And I had to even really shift my perspective with that because as a kid, that felt pressure. Like, dang, I'm in mm-hmm. it B. Like, <laughs> right. like, you know, whatever this experience is. But right, I don't even want to leave the house because I know it's going to be trash. <laughs> <laughs> don't don't let it tell you that you, you might have car troubles this year. <laughs> That's crazy. You know what's crazy? You know what's crazy about that though is that I tell a lot of people who've never been to prison that prison is filled with people that always say, if I just would have followed my first mind. Mm-hmm. And when we are young, our parents are our first mind. Mm-hmm. But that's difficult. That's difficult to accept when. You're a teenager and you want to do the things that you want to do. And like mm-hmm. 540 said, as adults, there's still some things that you just want to do. You just want to experience. And I'm like, you just don't ask the question. We're not going to even ask you five. We're not going to even go down that road. We just going <laughs> we just going to do what we want to do and uh and see how things play out. So, yeah, I get that. So I have a question for you all. When you do ha- kind of have that feeling of like, oh, like I want to do this. I already planned this trip. I already did this. Like, you know, <laughs> I want to go back. I want to do this. Do you still follow through and maybe like divine or do you kind of just go with it? Or have you kind of done both and just kind of see the results? I don't know. Oh, Shane? Um, If it's something that I really want to do and I feel like I know what Ifa is going to say and if what Ifa is going to say is kind of contrary to what I want to do then I may not I may not even you know go down that road but I try to stay disciplined enough to divine about 
everything, especially if it's major. Mm, if it's major, yeah. I try to, uh, you know, because my wife, she was concerned about, I'll give you an example. My wife, she's concerned about Isaiah going to school because of all of the school shootings and those mm. types of things. And for me, it's like, I don't want us, especially him, to live our lives based on fear because I've taught him it's okay to be afraid, but it's not okay to be afraid and have that paralyze you and stop you from doing the things that you know you need to do or want to do. So for things like that, yes, I'll consult Ifa, even though I'm against him not not going to school. I right. want him to go to school, right. uh, even though I'm against that. But for something like that, just because it's serious, uh, I'll still divine on it. But stuff where you just want to <laughs> just get into something, then that's, maybe not. And what I had to learn in that too, like I said, because I've had to bump my head sometimes, is that the experience is still going to play out. So yeah. it's like, if I get the reading and it tells me, because sometimes you already like your first mind, like, you know, mm -hmm. like, you know what, sometimes you know what it's going to say, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. um, but you might make your decision and that is what it is, but the experience is still going to play out. And I think through living that at times when I was younger, at times as a young adult, and even now, like I'm 28 years old. So it's like transitioning from that, oh, young adult to like getting even older in my adulthood. You know, it's like, right. you kind of start to see that like, oh, okay, well you get this reading, you might feel how you feel, but the experience still plays out. Mm -hmm. And then it, it, it kind of empowers you in a sense too, because it's like, you have a choice. You have a choice. Like you can either ride this wave and if it goes down that path, you deal with what comes with yeah. it. Or you can take the wisdom and maybe avoid all of that wahala. Wow. You know? <laughs> right, right, right. So So you must got a lot of fives in your chart. Um I don't know if I have a lot of fives, but I know being a child of Shango. How <laughs> oh, and we, uh, <laughs> we have a lot of Shango in our house. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I'm Oya Shango, so yeah, it mm. definitely kind of comes with. Oh yeah, so yeah, you 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 with it? Yeah. Uh, for me, if it's something that I want to do, I'm not divine. Uh -huh. I'm just you know I pray every morning and all that, and I'm a I'm a shift the energy as I'm in it. You know, uh, I travel a lot, so I divine for, you know, the energy of every trip. And if I'm in Osobo, I'm going to say, hey, what prayers or offerings I need to shift that Osobo into E-Ray? And I'm going to make that, and I'm going to go. And my trips be wild. I be in places that I ain't supposed to be in. I be in the hood, in different countries. I be, I was with my niece in Cuba, and we, at nighttime, follow this dude through a stranger through back alleys. We went into like a trap house. And she was like, what is you doing? I said, man, I divine on this trip. I'm in the yeah. rain. I made my offerings and whatever. I'm good. Yeah. Like I'm straight. Like we good. Right. And, and it always be good. Right. So, um, and I, I mean, I don't do anything that, you know, my, my intuition said, well, this ain't, this ain't it. So, you know, even though other people may be like, yo, that's wild. Like you really right. did that. So, but nah, yeah, if it's something I really want, and it's not like, like O'Shea said, like something 
that I would consider major, all major things, even like, you know, move into a different place or, um, you know, investments that I might get into, whatever, all that type of stuff. I'm a divine on, but, you know, something I'm like, oh, I really want to do. And, and if I might hate, but I feel like if I get in it and it's something I could, I could move around and still be good. True. I'm going to go ahead and just go for what I know. That's true. Sometimes you can go ahead and navigate with it and, and shift it. That's mm-hmm. very true. But exactly. But when it comes to big decisions for us, we we definitely do. Like especially mm-hmm. with the moving and all those things. And like you said, with your children, like that's important. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, and then I think also like there was also a point to 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 you know against that. There was also a point where I started becoming like, well, maybe I should divine about this. Maybe I should divine about like everything. Mm-hmm. You know. Right. And I also had to realize in that, like, whoa, like some things you also need to sit back and like trust your intuition. Yeah, like, and you know? listen and learn to cultivate that relationship with your intuition. Mm-hmm. I think that's also helped me starting at such a young age mm-hmm. is to really like better understand my inner voice and listen to it. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's. Ifa has also helped with, with that as well. Mm-hmm. Because I think that's important to really be able to just listen to that inner voice within as opposed to always relying on something out outside of you, you know? Absolutely. Absolutely. So like the old duo Tor Meji, amongst other things, always speaks about uh, or speaks about self-realization, right? Getting to know and understand who you are so you can attract the things, the people, the opportunities that are in line with your purpose, right? How do you think that divination, you know, having your natal chart and numerology and all of that, how do you think that having that type of information as preteens or early teens helped you like where you are now? I feel like it was a lot as a preteen just to kind of digest. And you know, when you're that young and you get all that information, it's like, oh, I don't see it. Like you're kind right. of just in one lane. You're just like, I don't see it. Um, there's some stuff that you're like, okay, yeah, I get this. But on the flip side, it's like a lot of information. Like, I just don't understand. I don't understand this. I don't understand that. So I think one thing that kind of helped me maybe better align myself with the information too is my parents just when I was around, when we first got initiated, they started to just at, tell us to ask ourselves, like, what do you think your purpose is? Like, why do you think you're here? Like, what do you True. feel that you're, you know, you're meant to do? And I think as I kind of just meditated on those questions, it helped me gain more answers or maybe have a better understanding of what comes up within those, my, my, um, my readings and just what comes up with, with just better understand who I am, mm-hmm. you know? Right. Yeah. I, I definitely think that, like you said, especially when you're presented with information that's like about the scope of your life, right? <laughs> you know, you're mm-hmm. like, okay, some of this aligns, but like, yeah, it can be hard to conceptualize all of that at that age. Um, but it's such a blessing, mm-hmm. like looking back, because there was information that I was told years ago and it did not maybe click till, <laughs> like I said, years later, but right. it was like, ah, like that light bulb bulb goes off later on. You know what I mean? Um, so yeah, it's, it's, and, and then just that 
kind of like navigating and realize, like you said, that self-awareness, it kind of brings you back to realizing like everything you really need is really within you. Like, that's that's, you know, that that is like probably one of the best things that has come out of like the transition into getting our hand of E5. Because, you know, even with these spiritual tools, like we have our spiritual tools, but you're not always going to be at home to go to SU or like to go to your Ogun pot. Like sometimes you need to call on your, your, no, your, your, your tools, use your tools when you, you know, out and about in the moment. Like, you know, mm -hmm. I, you know you to talk to your ancestors while you're riding in the car. I'm talking to my grand grand, you know? So right. I think that has been like one of the greatest blessings and just, it, it's like, yeah, the self-awareness that, that it's like inevitable. You just yeah. learn. It definitely so makes much you about yourself. See your <laughs> yeah. It makes you see yourself like the good, the bad, yes. like everything about you really, it really shows, shows you who you are. And it's like never ending because, you know, from a teenager to now, like, as you know, <laughs> you go into adulthood, it's like, like you said, you see all of it. And sometimes it can be ugly. You know what I mean? Right. It, or it can be scary. And, and um, but I just feel like it's always an ongoing, at least for me, it's always an ongoing journey of like, okay, accepting like, yeah, these are the parts of me. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And, but I have a whole lifetime to like, you know, it's like, right. I, have, I have a whole lifetime. So it's like, yeah. Yeah. You know, y'all make me feel a lot better about my son. You know, uh, <laughs> is he? he's going to be, uh, he just turned 16. Okay. This month. Yeah, he just turned 16. So, you know, I know he wants to do the things that he want to do. And he could be doing a lot worse things. You know, when I was 16, yeah, it, it was, it was <laughs> no way, you know, it was no way possible for me to be uh, even near E5 or anything <laughs> else that had to do with spirituality so or religion. So, yeah, I'm thankful for that. But I'm hoping that he is watching and learning and picking up certain things because he said the same thing that you all said that it's just certain things that he can't conceptually understand he just he, he just can't understand it yet and i know how horrible teachers can be if they know something and they just know it because they know it and can't understand why you can't understand it then yeah so i'm trying not to be uh that person and just let him you know figure it out on his own because e is such a personal experience. Even the way people practice Ifa is different. Like, you know, there's different within our spiritual system and there's people are more dogmatic than other people. People, you know, people treat this spiritual system different depending on where you're from and how you were mm -hmm. raised. So you, you have to. I think what my mother said was really good because, yeah, like they told us, oh, you're getting your hand. But they never really forced us to, to do mm -hmm. anything. It was always like, you know, okay, maybe there might be some rituals here and there. Like, you know, sometimes when things are called in to do, you need to do them. And so it's like, okay, I need you to do this prayer for three days or I need you, you know what I'm saying? Right. But they were never like, they never really were forceful about it. But at some point, like you start to see it because again, like once you get certain readings and stuff, it's like, you just can't deny it. <laughs> it's like you, right. To a certain age where it's like you want that type of growth i know yes. for me that happened like when i went to college it got to a point where you know i i've always had like a lot of friends right but i had friends but i felt lonely you know and so 
I, I remember going to SU like opened the way for me to just like, I felt so misunderstood. Like I need people who I can talk to people who, you know, even if they're not any fa, like they're just more open-minded, you know, or like right. have a more like um, spiritual mindset, you know? And um, so, yeah, I had to learn how to attract those things. And you, you start to realize like, okay, it's better if I work with this as opposed to resist yeah. <laughs> you know? Right, right. But you Absolutely. have a lot of times. At least I, I do that. <laughs> right. So you talked about, or both of you talked about getting your hand of E5, you know, a couple of times. So how, what age were you when you did that in, like what was going through your mind at the time that you're going through this ceremony? Because I was, 38 when I did mine and I was like, well, back up before mine, I went to Oshayun's hand of Eva because he got he is a month before me. Okay. And I remember being in that ceremony, like, what the hell is this? <laughs> and I was grown grown. <laughs> so we did back when uh the juju shop. Yes, it was like the, we were at the juju shop and <laughs> small room, kind of. But it was a lot. I just remember a lot of people being in there. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, but I remember it just being an amazing night. It was. <laughs> like, everybody was, our ancestors really showed up. First of all, I was 12. Yeah. And, and I think I was like 14. Yeah. And we got it together. 14 or 15. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We both. And I think I will say throughout our journey, getting our hand of E5, going into So Day, like, we we've always done it together mm -hmm. so i think there's always been a more of a comfort in yeah, that too because yeah, it's yeah. always been called for us to do these things together yeah and, okay we didn't really know what this was all about but, but we together, sitting on this yeah. mat together and it's like almost sometimes we can like read each other's minds yeah. like you know like okay well we don't know what's going on but our parents we trust them like you know <laughs> right right <laughs> so it was a lot, but it was almost like a party, like the way our, the energy, like mm -hmm. the energy that, that like our, we, our, even though at the time we didn't really understand, oh, these are your ancestors. And, you know, but looking back, they were in there. Mm -hmm. They were like, you know, we, they were dropping a lot of wisdom on us. Um, right. So fully understand it, but it was still a level of like comfort of like, this feels safe, mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. It was it was a really fun experience to me, and it was um, interesting receiving kind of the information that we did get, um, even though it was a lot. But it was interesting just seeing the different priests go around and, and tell us messages that they mm -hmm. thought that was cool. And I just remember going home and, and feeling high, like just feeling like... I don't know even how to describe it. It was literally just like a 12 year old high, like. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, it's very euphoric. Oh my gosh, wow. Is this what this is like? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, of course sure. more work came with it, but you know. A lot absolutely, absolutely. So when y'all got those implements home, was it something like that y'all kind of immediately gravitated towards, you know, uh, going to your implements? Did it start off that way and then kind of 15, 16, 17, slow down? You're like, I ain't got time for all that. Like how, you know, walk us through through that experience. You know, it wasn't necessarily immediate um, for us. And I think even with just like going to our ancestors too, like, or even like Eshu, it's like, okay, I'm talking to Stone right now. Like, <laughs> right. 
I know that's how <laughs> like I feel. not fully connecting the, truly like who she is with, with right. this pot, you know. Right. So it was just it wasn't an immediate connection. Um, I think that came more so as I grew older mm-hmm. and really began to, I guess, see more of a value in it and how I, I could really be using it, how it could help me um, navigate, navigate this stuff. stuff, you know, <laughs> You're right, right. Fully understand, understand it, you know, so I didn't know how to, it was kind of uncomfortable, it was weird. Um, even just the thought of like going to my ancestors and stuff, it was just kind of awkward. I didn't feel the connection that I feel now, you know, mm-hmm. and you really feel it. And when you really know that it's there and it's real, like, what's up y'all? Like, I need y'all help. Like, you know, it's yeah, real cool. I, I need it. I need right. it quick. <laughs> but you know, when it's not like that, it's kind of like, okay, hi, like, are you here? <laughs> um, right. That's true. Thank you. That's what, everything you do. We'll see how this I'm gonna works. light this candle. Okay. <laughs> right. So it's it's it was definitely it it wasn't immediate after we got initiated. It probably yeah. took a couple years. It okay. did. And she was probably collecting dust for a little while. Like because <laughs> like you said, it is. It's like you go from oh, like we said, we had hopped around even with um, you know, seeing our parents in the mosque and in, in the church. You know, of course he still prayed, but it was never like, oh, you have these spiritual tools. So mm-hmm. that right. was, um, that again, that took a little bit of time for me to just to to really understand. It's like, even when they're telling you go put honey, I remember, <laughs> I remember one time, um, I think we had ran out of honey or something. <laughs> and I had uh, went to SU, I was in high school. I think I was like maybe a senior or a junior or something. And I went to SU and I was talking to my dad later. I was like, yeah, I didn't have any honey. So I just put some agave on my, uh, <laughs> 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 I remember he was like, what? <laughs> right. Why would you do that? <laughs> it's sweet. Right. Yeah. And it's funny because even when I say like, I learned so much, even through my parents, like how, Ifa is like very personal, like even how people use their tools. Like my dad kind of had a fit about that. He's like, why would you do that? Like, you know, but my mom was like, well, like what you said, she said, well, it was sweet. Like in that moment, it was genuine, you know, yeah. I, I didn't know any better. And you know, it's like what I had at the time. So, right. you know, you, know, you give Eshu candy, all that. I mean, he's like sweet. So yeah, that's, that exactly. So, but it was just funny because even how my parents sometimes see Mm-hmm. Their practices and the way they pray mm-hmm. is even different, you know, because right. and, and there's been certain situations where like, yeah, my dad, no, don't do it like that. And my mom is like, well, it'll did be it work? Yeah, or like, was like, it genuine? You know, you know? so, so right. even that was like a part of my learning experience. So, you know, I, I put some agave on my shoe and I didn't get what I had to do. I say, I say. And just for the family out there who, I mean, I may not know, uh, we know their parents personally. When both of us came to E5, their mother was one of the first people to welcome us in. And she is a, a staple, you know, at the compound. We see her all the time. And their dad is, we got a, we got a group chat, whereas myself, Oshayun, and their dad. So again, he's a part of our Elaine. We talk to both of them all the time. So we, we know them very well. Right. <laughs> Yeah. So grateful for them. Because I just, yeah. I learned so much 
And I have to also sometimes re realize how blessed I am to like have them. Like they, we live right up the street. So even with them, it's like, I'm always around them. And it's mm -hmm. like, you know, there's Ifa, but also just watching them and observing them. Like I will watch sometimes just like watch my mom when she prays or like listen to the way she mm -hmm. prays. And I will ask her like, sometimes if I'm going through something or if I need to call in something, like I might not always even know the words, you know what? You know when they say like God knows your heart, like you know, <laughs> right, right. How you feel? Like I don't always even know what is the language to use, and I can even go to her or watch her, and she will help me navigate mm -hmm. that. So I, it's like, even with your son, there will come a point where it's like he will be able to see like, oh, like you are also an amazing resource that I can use. You know yeah. what I? Mean? So it's it's it's. I mean, it is, I have so much gratitude, even though they're still our parents, you know? So it's like, we still bump, you know, they're our parents. Our right. relationship is different with them because they're our parents. So there's times like, you know, we still might bump heads with our parents, mm -hmm. but at the end of the day, I'm just so grateful in the way that I can observe them and just learn so much through watching how, how, they, how they practice, you know? Mm. You mentioned soda. And the two of you going through Sode together. So what made you all venture into Sode and what uh, other works came along with that? Like, uh, was that something that you all took to uh, immediately doing it, you know, later in life? Well, so we got our Sode in tw uh, January 2021. Mm -hmm. um, it was it called was, for us. It was called it. for us. And it was mm -hmm. long overdue, to be honest. Yeah. Um, just with, especially like, both of our parents being priests. Um, I think the only reason we kind of waited a little bit longer was just with COVID and everything. Mm -hmm. It was some stuff going on, but yeah, it was, it was called for us. It was definitely necessary. Um, I think we had a little bit more game going into so day yeah. by that time. It was like, okay, we don't have to be feel weird or spooked out. About it's this. so funny <laughs> because when we had our so day ceremony, we walked in there and I don't know, you know, once you go in that, that, that Orisha house, <laughs> we were just, just during the whole ceremony, just in general, we were very emotional. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So mm -hmm. I think it was a huge release for us. Yeah. Letting go of what no longer is needed. I say. Truly level up mm -hmm. as we truly become who, are, who we are meant to be. We need to release what no longer serves us, mm. even how we viewed ourselves. Mm. You know, it's time to show up, show up in the light of who we are meant to be, just walking that path and to just do it confidently and release the fears. So I think it was just a lot of release going on mm -hmm. um, and just telling us it's time to level up. Yeah. But it was good. It was a good ceremony. It definitely came with more responsibility. That's what I was gonna say. <laughs> I, I would say for me, like when we got into Sode, um, yeah, it, it, it was just time. It felt right. And, um, but the things that come after, right? It's like, even when you first get your hand, it's like that self-awareness. <laughs> Know, the experiences that you're going through. I'm sure when you guys it hits became priests, oh. you know what I'm saying? You know how that goes. Like there's certain things that mm -hmm. come after, like, whoa, this is so exciting, but dang, I'm getting my butt whooped in certain areas or like, you know, certain, or just certain things might come up that you mm -hmm. have to navigate through. And right. it's also like that for me um, with So Day, like, I remember I got, we got So Day in January. Mm -hmm. I think in March, I, I like 
totaled my car. Like, you know, wow. um, I had a crazy experience even with that. And it's like, I had to go through that experience and like, it came with a lot, it sat me down for a while. You know what I mean? It sat right. me down. And I had to sit with myself and sit with some things and, um, you know, and it's like frustrating in that moment, but it's like, okay, well, this is kind of the path that you're on. Like this is what right. you have, you have to get the, the lessons that come with it. So, mm. you know, looking back again, it's just a part of the experience, but, right. um, I, it, I'm grateful for it because even if so day, you, you know, you just learn mm. a lot more mm. and you're more, you're, um, what you can be involved with. You know, yeah. you can be involved with we more. We can support the ears and right. everything through, through just um, people getting their hand in ifa. So I enjoy that um, from from a different lens, being able to support right. um, about with the ceremonies. It's nice. Yeah. I say. I remember asking Baba before we got initiated as priests, like, "Hey, what am I signing up for? Like, what, what I got to be responsible for? Like, what? You know what? And they was like, "You'll find out when you become a priest." I'm like, "Well, that might be too late." <laughs> Like, <laughs> right. That's how my our mom kind of was too. Like she didn't really tell us. Yeah, <laughs> our mom. It's so funny. Like she, when she says that she just kind of let us figure it out mm -hmm. in certain ways. She really mm -hmm. has. Like she's always a resource. Like she always is giving us gems, and she's always helping us. But it's a lot of ways that she's like, you know, kind of like you said, like, oh, you'll see. You don't have to mm -hmm. stress it too much. Because so much of this practice is through experience. Right. You know. Even and that's where sometimes it's even has been difficult for me at times where I'm like, I don't want to say difficult, but it's been like even when people ask you about your and stuff, you're like, okay, you can explain it, but like <laughs> you know, it's it's kind of through experience um that you learn all of these things and you learn so much about yourself. So I should yeah. That's a beautiful thing. You know, y'all growing up in Ifa, you talked about uh, y'all talked about some things that y'all just didn't understand. Well, what are some, talk to us about some of the things that you saw, that you saw your parents doing that you just didn't understand. You didn't understand why they were, like you said, oh, I'm I'm praying to this stone right now. I'm talking to this rock right now. So uh, what were some of the things that you saw your parents do that uh, you didn't understand then and now you better understand? I think even like in the gatherings, the uh, gatherings that we would have, um, everything, like maybe sometimes the music they would play, the dances, like all of it, like, you know, um, the Orishas not really understanding, you know, over time, like we, we began to understand, okay, this is what the Orishas are and you can call on this energy, you know, that sort of thing. But right. oh, all of those things, definitely like Eshu, definitely, you know, the Ogun pot, like those things were all unfamiliar with us in the beginning. Um, I'm trying to think, anything else? That's pretty much the main thing. Yeah. yeah. But again, it was always like, even even though there was times where I felt maybe like, I don't get this yet, or, you know, what's going on. It was never like a scared feeling or like, mm. a, oh, like, you know, I, I mean, you know, we trust our parents. Like, I know right. that they're going to put us in any situation that's not, that they don't believe is not in our best interest or, you know, yeah. so... It was always a level of trust, but I always kind of just like, I mean, I think as a young me personally, I kind of question like, is this for me? You know, is this right. path for me? Will I stay on this path? Like when I leave the house, when I get older, because again, 
And I didn't feel bad about questioning it because I saw my parents question. I saw them go from the mosque to Christianity to Ifal. So I'm like, is this a phase or is this like, you know, you know, so um, <laughs> it's not a phase. It ain't. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> um, and that's one of the most beautiful things for me personally that I've heard you guys say over and over and over again because I grew up around people who practice religion and it was this is what's this is what you're doing mm -hmm. and you don't see people question religion and it's frowned upon to question the religion but you saw parents who went around and said, hey, we got questions. Yep. Mm -hmm. We trying to figure it out. So we gonna, let's dabble in this, let's dabble in that. Okay, let's go back. Yep. You know what I'm saying? Dabble that again. Okay, no, no, that, that really ain't for us. And then jump way out the, out the roof, off the roof, and then go to African spirituality and practice that and be like, okay, yeah, this is cool. And then not be so dogmatic. Yeah. Or, and say, this is what y'all doing. You know, I'm going to give y'all the same freedom mm -hmm. that we enjoy so you can figure it out on your own. So yeah. I, I think that is super dope. Yes. Yeah, we're very blessed that they have just been so open with us. Yes. Um, we've, we've, we've seen, our parents have been together, like married so long, and we've just seen them grow up. Like, yeah, in a, you know, like we've grown up with each other. And so, it's just cool to to have seen where we all started to like where they are now. Like, I don't know, it's, it's really beautiful. I'm proud of both of them. I'm so proud of them. Yeah. Like seriously. And 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 like you said, it's it even though at that time, like I said, it came with some frustration for me because it was like, dang, I just it felt like other, my peers, right? Like my friends, mm -hmm. some of my best friends, like my best friend to this day, some of my best friends are from high school. Um, and one of my best friends, her father was um, a pastor or is. So even with him, I was going to church with her too. Right. And, um, sometimes I, I might be a little jealous, like y'all have it figured. You know, this is your religion. You don't really have to question it. You know, you don't, you know, it just, seemingly makes sense right mm -hmm. even though a lot of people who are in that path maybe not spiritually connected to it but in my mind as a kid i'm like okay right. well, you know y'all just came into this you don't have to question it but as an adult i became so so grateful because of what you said i always felt that i could have the freedom to figure out my own spiritual self and my own connection. I never, I, you know, I, I, I was able to release that judgment of like, it has to look a certain way. Mm -hmm. And you, you, like I said, you even see people practice Ifa and, and how they use their spiritual tools different. So um, that is one of the best things that I've learned from being able to observe my parents from a young age. It's like, oh, okay, it, it doesn't, there's no, Right around. You know, there's no yeah. one blueprint for yeah. everybody. Right. Yeah. And that's one of the most amazing things. But that's something that I hope to instill into my children. And that's a curiosity is curiosity. Mm -hmm. Even if you don't do what I do, just question everything. If you mm -hmm. question everything, you will be you'll be fine. So I, I want you to be curious. I want you to I want them to see what you saw, what y'all saw in your parents. You saw them questioning and and moving around and dabbling in this and getting into that so 
you know, my son has seen me moving around going from the Masonic Lodge to messing around with the Rosicrucians and now getting into E5. So he's seen me question myself, question my own beliefs and values and all of those things. So I hope that that instills in him the way that that instilled in y'all just from watching your parents. Yeah, it, it absolutely does. And, 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 and especially now, I'm so grateful because like, a son so for me it's like it just gives me chills to think about it because you know it's like you think about every generation right like my parents came into it as you all did as adults you know they had to navigate their journey and then they put us on game right and we have to navigate our journey but at a younger age right mm -hmm. like okay right. i still went through that confusion and you know even now like i said as an adult i'm i still am navigating but now my son, <laughs> you know, he will be born into like knowing like, you know, your ancestors are with you. You can call on them. Like you can always use these tools. You will always be divinely protected. Like it almost, it was, makes me almost want to cry like thinking about it because it's like, it just, when we talk about the way Ifa kind of like, it makes you self-aware and it also just brings so much healing for you personally and for your lineage. So it I just say. so incredibly grateful because even though I, it's like, I, I still don't have it all figured out, right? But just knowing that my son and my kids and when she has kids, like they're gonna be onto it even faster. Mm -hmm. And it's crazy because I when my grand, great grandmother passed in 2018, you know, um, I remember like we got some of her things, right? And I remember looking through a journal and it was a journal that my grandfather had had. It was my dad's dad. And um, I remember seeing like his handwriting and seeing him writing about my dad and he was writing his name down and he was writing his, um, my dad's a cancer. So he was writing down his sign and he was writing down his, his daughter's name and her sign and like the attributes of those things. And it's just so crazy to me because I'm thinking like, even when you guys ask us about our journey into Ifa, I'm like, oh, well, it starts with our parents, but it starts even before then. Because oh. you know, this was like, you know, and whatever, I'm gonna tell my dad's age, but he was born <laughs> in 1969. So, <laughs> you know, now it's like really trendy and cool to be like, oh, astrology, and this is my chart, and this is my sign. You know, right, right. but back then I imagine it wasn't so much. It was probably like maybe even taboo because again, growing up in Church of God in Christ, like astrology, like you know, you know. So to me, that even shows like there was something in him that was even mm -hmm. curious or right. you know spiritually searching. And you know, he he passed in like his um he transitioned in like his his mid twenties, I believe. So it even makes me think that's so young to be like thinking about those things and, and kind of being curious during that time. So even if he was to live longer, like, you know, it was like the seed was even planted even before, mm -hmm. you know, before my parents even came into it. So it's like, it all kind of worked out the way it was supposed to work out, mm -hmm. you know? Wow. You know, Fafore and myself, we talk about us coming into E5, you know, close to being 40 years old. But we also talk about that there could never have been another time that we could have come into E5. What about what about you all? Do you think that uh, if you would have waited, like if your parents never taught you about E5 
and you are trying to come into EFI now uh, in your late 20s, mid to late 20s, do you think that now would be a good time for you to find EFI or for EFI to find you? Or did EFI need to find you the way that EFI found you? <laughs> it definitely needed, it found me the way it needed to find me. <laughs> Um, I just, I was 12. I was so young, <laughs> <laughs> but I think it just kind of allowed me to just start, get ahead of seeing myself mm -hmm. on a deeper level and just asking those deeper questions and trying to understand who I am. Mm -hmm. Um, I think it also helped me to begin to fully like, just learn how to accept myself more at a younger age and learn how to use my voice more um, and just be grounded. I don't know, just learn how to, I don't know, just be more confident and just move the way I need to move. So I think it helped me in those ways. Yeah, mm. that self-acceptance. Because again, like you go on this journey and sometimes like it had, it, it was lonely for me at times. Mm -hmm. It was like, just uh, constantly, like, I grew up feeling so misunderstood. You know yeah. what I mean? And I had already felt misunderstood before we got into EFOP. Because, like I said, we saw y'all go from the mosque. And that's a totally different, you know, you go into the mosque one way. And they have certain rules and how you show up. And then you go mm -hmm. into church. So it's like, you know, um, yeah, that, that um, what an experience. <laughs> <laughs> at the right yeah. So we was confused, right. didn't know what was going on. He came at the right you time. You know. Um, because they had to sizzle in, you know what I mean? had, had to marinate. <laughs> mm -hmm. Right. A little bit. So I imagine if I was just getting into it now, I mean, I would still be grateful because even now, if you think about it, like even now is a young age for, for so many people. Right. But there's a lot, like I said, growing up, it was more difficult because, you know, even in the last five years, in the last 10 years, so many things have become more acceptable you know whether it's spirituality or just a whole bunch of other things as far as people being individual you know what i mean right nowadays it's a little bit easier i i mean i don't i don't know if i would say easier but it's a little bit more socially acceptable but um you know back then it's like it it it, it wasn't it wasn't the same so um ultimately i am grateful um, and I don't think it could have found us in a different way. I don't think it would have, you know, I, I just think it happened how it was supposed to happen. And I'm grateful. Right, right. Yeah. That's what it said at my Ishe file. Like, I wasn't supposed to come into E5 until, mm. you know, later in life. Because at 12, yeah, 14, 25, nah, that issue would still be collected done. Yeah. Like, you know, and, and like I said, even now I still have experiences. Like I bump my head and I'm like, okay. But you know, again, the experience is gonna play out. Right. <laughs> and that's yeah. just I have all I have learned throughout the pattern of like experiencing this. Like it's gonna play out. So at some point you have to also look at yourself and be like, okay, well what decision am I going to make? And again, it's like empowering because it's like, well, I have, I can make the decision. And if I bump my head, I have to accept what comes with that too. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I know definitely that was some experiences that I had to have before coming to Ifa. That was some, mm -hmm. I had to go through Christianity and those different things. I had to learn about those different things. I had to have the experiences that I did, uh, 
leaving my family or uh, losing my freedom at such an early age. I had to have those experiences to be able to uh, be here with y'all now. That's a definite. I could not have come to Ifa at 12 or 14 and things like that, especially not growing up where I grew up at. It, it, it just wasn't going to happen. You know, <laughs> yeah, the, I, I had to, you know, survive. Mm -hmm. So spirituality wasn't something that was going to uh, <laughs> facilitate that at the time. Right. Yeah, Absolutely. It, definitely, it definitely wasn't. for me right now. Yeah, right. Nothing. So, you know, it's just like you and your new son. So I have a one-year-old daughter that's going to know nothing but Ifa. You know, she's going to grow up seeing me on the mat, seeing her mother doing certain things. So, yeah, I'm grateful. I'm grateful for that. I'm grateful for that. So yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I just need my son to stay out of my rosu pile. <laughs> yeah. And, and then me and him would be cool. Yeah. <laughs> you know. And it's so beautiful now because it's like we're able to see the children like coming up in Ifa. It's yes. so amazing because like within our Elay, like again, when when we were first coming to it with our parents, it's like that's another reason why it was kind of hard for us to just lean right into it because we didn't see a lot of children, like, you know, right. tagging along with our parents. So to me, it felt like this is something old people do. Mm -hmm. Like, this is what y'all do. <laughs> right. Well, right. Like for me, like, you know, um, cause I didn't see myself yet. I didn't see it. But um, now it's like, I'm grateful because even when we're in the Eli, it's like, so it's like a lot of young people. Yeah, it's you know? people our age coming yeah. in. So it's cool. It's a different experience than when we were really young because we got it and then it was just kind of like okay like mm -hmm. now what like mm -hmm. of course we weren't really expressing like we couldn't talk to our friends right and so we was just kind of like discovering it with each other and our family yeah just yeah yeah you know, so mm -hmm. i'm just at each other <laughs> for real and that's probably was the plan of you know you guys being so close in age because again that was part of the plan it was going to just be you two. And if there was like a big age gap, it might not have been the same, you know? So it was cool that I came together. But that just made me think of something though, about uh, like relationships in, in E5, forming and managing relationships in E5. Talk to us a little bit about that. And, and what was that experience like? That's a great question. Um, for me, because and it's also like thinking about it, like my um, both of us, we have the same life path number. <laughs> What's that? So it's 11. And it's then 11. 11, too. 11 so two. it goes down to two. And that deals so much with relationships. Yep. <laughs> like so much of my experiences, like my lessons come through relationships. Mm -hmm. um, you know, so much of my messages come through relationships, whether it's friendships, whether it's romantic relationship, whether mm -hmm. it's family, all of those things, all type of encounters. Um, but for me, that has been one of the like things that has been interesting navigating, right? Mm -hmm. yeah. Because I'm I'm such a like, I love people. Like that is what fills me. Like people connecting with people, talking to people, like, you know, being friendly, like that sort of thing. And so for me, like as I navigated three five, I never felt like okay, in order to be a friend with somebody or to be in a relationship, whatever, like they have to also have their hand in Ifa or be in this because again, like I go back to how we were raised. I've learned early there's no one right pathway, right? Um, but 
the more you navigate this, it mm -hmm. also sometimes will make it difficult because it's like you want to open up to people, you want to be vulnerable with people, but sometimes you also realize like everybody doesn't have the same awareness or like you might not be able to use the same language with everybody like when you're talking about certain experiences. So that was ha it still is something that I have to navigate, you know, because sometimes it's like you have like I have friends that like I said I I have some of my closest best friends are like from um from from one of my best friends is from the second grade. <laughs> and, right. But I'm so grateful because it's again like her she grew up in the church and she actually has a like personal relationship with with God and how she sees her religion. So sometimes we can have conversations. You know, she knows I'm not a Christian. She she, she you know, I don't tell her like I do ancestral reverence that sort of thing, but I know she doesn't really know what Ifa is like to the full extent, you know, but we can still have conversations um, and maybe talk about um, how we relate to God or how we pray or, you know what I'm saying? Like you right. just might have to use different language or sometimes I've had to meet people where they're at. Mm -hmm. I've had to sometimes meet people where they're at. And, th and that has been an interesting thing to navigate. Um, but also I feel like as I, pray to have more people come to me who can speak my language that has happened too so it's like it's a balance you know i have some mm -hmm. people i gotta meet you and and you know where you at and then it's like you you start to also build those relationships where it's like oh you get this like even if you're not any far you still practice ancestral reverence or you still know about the orishas and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. so hmm. so what about uh because i think about that type of thing too now that i have a new daughter yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if I could um be with a woman, at least not at the age that I'm at right now, be with a woman that wouldn't be fully on board with raising my daughter in the way that I see her being raised. Okay. As far as, you know, raising her up and to know her ancestors, to uh get to know herself, to listen to her intuition and those type of things. And then you have someone else coming and saying that, you know, they may see that as as witchcraft or yeah. as devil worship or, you know, things like that. So, yeah, I definitely couldn't, uh, at least not at the age I'm at right now, I definitely couldn't see that, uh, that, that happening. But it's good if you can find someone that even though they don't practice Ifa, that they're willing to allow you to let our children see both sides yes. or see, you know, the the multifaceted uh, religious and spiritual systems that are out there. Right. Exactly. No, for sure. You got to be open-minded. You got to be acceptable of it because I've had that too. I've had uh, some people try to tell me, oh, what you doing? Like, that's literally <laughs> like, <laughs> I made, uh, <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> like, I'm talking about a crystal or made a crystal joke <laughs> and gotten blocked. <laughs> wow. So, interesting like navigating yeah because <laughs> some people are open-minded and a lot of people aren't yeah so yeah still navigating that mm -hmm. right right but and it's it's funny you say something about the language about the language that you may have to use mm -hmm. uh, i find myself trying to use universal language like language that can traverse all of these different things christianity Islam, Ifa, all of these different things. So yeah, I understand it about using 
the language or changing the language that you use depending on the person that you're talking to. Yeah, because it's so interesting. Like I've even realized like, <laughs> like within our community, like black people sometimes like, they'll be more accepting of like, you know, other indigenous cultures, like, you know, Asian people who maybe practice Buddhism or something like that. You can talk about their spirituality or you can mm -hmm. form, it's like the same thing, right? But you can say something like, oh, I meditated, or maybe you talk about reincarnation from a Hindu perspective and they're like, oh, okay. But when you try to talk about it in an African sense, they're like, whoa, like, you know? Mm -hmm. so it's just very interesting, like, you know, it's like, but this is, people we come from you know right uh, right again it's like you can relay the same message sometimes just knowing how to use the right language and like mm -hmm. meet people where they're at and that, mm -hmm. that's always my ask to like be able to meet people where they're at and um i do that and when it shows up that somebody's not right for me or like you know it's like i i that shows up and i try to listen sometimes i've messed up with that too mm -hmm. <laughs> you know but or you, or you didn't mess up you just had the experience there you we know, go. You needed that friction, right? So you can see yourself. So yeah. that's all that was. Absolutely. So you can see yourself. And that's that's how it plays out. So I say, I say. Well, we greatly appreciate y'all coming on and, and oh hanging with us. You know, this is we've done 30 some odd episodes, and the overwhelming majority of people always talk when they going over their journey, it's usually Christianity. Mm. Um, and then if it's not that, then you have Islam. But we don't have too many people. I think maybe one other person who could actually speak from Ifa from a younger age as a part of their journey. So we just thought it was important for, for people to see the other side, right? Mm -hmm. Because information, uh, having people exposed to different things is what how we change people, right? That's how you grow and evolve. So thank you so much for, for sitting with us, for sharing your experiences, sharing your knowledge with, with you know, our listeners. So maybe when they're out there and they hear somebody saying they practice E5, you know, <laughs> 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 they won't look at them, you know, a certain way. Yeah. Right. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I hope to see like more um, young people coming into it. And I think with the direction that we're moving in, it's it's going to happen. It's yeah, already happening. It so happening. it makes me happy. Absolutely. Like we talked about like, it, it, you know, it, it takes time, but even like people are having children and you putting your children and, you know, so the, th the, 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 the tools will be passed down. So it, mm. it's just a beautiful thing to see. And, and it makes me very grateful. So yes. Yes. Thank you so much. <laughs> Thank you. Thank really you. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Hey, family, make sure y'all like, hit the like button, wherever it is. Smash the like button. Like, subscribe. Uh, yeah, subscribe, share it. All the comments. You know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Say hi. Speak to us. Say, hey, how y'all doing? You know, let's start a conversation, you know. Um, and again, like, keep coming keep coming we're gonna keep trying to provide y'all content that just helps you grow and evolve and wherever you are in your spiritual world you know we are spiritual beings having a human experience human experience we sure know. are <laughs> and we came here to have an experience so have it whether it's good bad or however you want to judge it yeah 
have the experience. And I want y'all to remember, always live out loud and on purpose. Mm -hmm. Please come back and check us out next week. We love y'all. Peace. Peace. <laughs>